are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Diamondbacks Podcast. You're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? The always wonderful host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website. It's millerthomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account, or just look up Locked on Dimebacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. For today's show, we got a whole bunch I want to talk about today. Zach Allen is kind of hurt right now, so we're going to talk about him, uh, his injury, if he missed any time, who should replace him. We're going to be recapping the last two spring training games over the weekend against the Royals and White Sox. And then it's Muted Monday, so we're going to be wrapping up the pod with headlines from over the week. We're going to decide if we want to turn those headlines off by muting them or if we should turn that baby up. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. All right, all right, all right. Let's jump right into it. And we got to first start with the Zach Allen news because Zach Allen is the most critical guy on his team. I think he's the most important D-backs player, even over a guy like Quetzal Marte. Zach Allen, as I say, Almost every day on this pod, if you listen to the D-backs pod every day, which I hope you do, I can't understate it enough. Zach Allen has been one of the best pitchers in baseball since coming over to the D-backs. He had that major league streak of 23 consecutive starts to begin his major league career, allowing three earned runs or fewer. Just think about how crazy that is. You know your pitcher's going to go out there on the mound and give you give up no more than three earned runs. That's an insane statistic, but Zach Allen... He's gonna, he, he might miss a little bit of time. We don't know exactly the extent of his injury. We know he has right lateral forearm soreness. And whenever you hear forearm soreness or anything having to do with the arm, you get a little skeptical because then the next two words that pop into your mind are Tommy John. But right now, they're just evaluating, uh, evaluating him in house. They're not talking to Dr. James Andrews. Once you talk to that guy, that is when you have to get worried. He is the, you know, basically the king of Tommy John surgeries. And whenever you have to go get a second opinion and see that guy, things aren't probably too good. But for now, being evaluated in-house. And Gallon says he's had this issue for the past 10 days or so, but it hasn't really caused him significant problems, really. He says he really doesn't even feel it on the mound. It's only when he swings the bat, which is kind of, I guess, a saving grace for him because uh, if he's able to still be effective pitcher on the mound, I mean, he's been effective in spring training. He's looked pretty good on the mound during spring training. So if the problem hasn't really been an issue for him while he's pitched, I think that's a pretty good, uh, I think that's a pretty good sign, honestly. He says he first noticed it, though, 
when he was taking batting practice. He said he couldn't get the barrel up on a couple of swings. He felt it after getting a little jam. So it looks like swinging for Jack, uh, for Zach Gallant is probably the biggest issue for him right now in pertaining to the injury. And he says when he throws his fastball, it's fine. He says he does notice it a little bit, though, on the curveball. Maybe that's because... You know, I'm not gonna, I'm not a doctor or anything, but maybe it's the grip when he holds the ball. It affects different muscles in his arm, different nerves. That's that would just be my guess, you know, from someone who, of course, isn't a doctor. But considering he still feels pretty good, pretty great when he's pitching, uh, with this soreness, it's only when he's batting. I think that has to be, you know, a saving grace, at least in that respect. That it's not all bad, it can't be that serious of an injury if he feels like he can at least pitch through it. And he said he's had this kind of thing before, but because it was kind of lingering, they wanted to take a deeper dive at it. So he got an MRI yesterday. He got a CT scan and an x-ray today. We still don't know the results just yet. They're still trying to gather all the information together. And once they do that, you best believe we're going to be talking about it on this pod because no bigger, no pod out there is a bigger fan of Zach Gallon than this pod. Uh, he's he's one of the best pitchers in baseball, honestly. I've been talking about him, you know, whenever we do whenever we do these uh division crossovers and they ask me about Zach Allen and you know where do I think he's gonna uh, what what are my expectations for him this season? I believe that he's gonna finish top two in Cy Young voting and it won't be number two, honestly. I think Zach Gallon is that good to take on the Cy Young Award this year. I did I, I do think the biggest Reason why he might not win it is because of his innings limit restriction. I think he's only going to be around 150 innings this year, which makes sense because of the short sample size season last year. But still, he's only 26 years old, and I feel like his arm could handle it. But again, I'm not the doctor, so we're going to let the medical experts and Tori Lovello decide the best course of action for Zach Allen, even though I think a guy who's like 26 years old should be able to handing, you know, a bigger workload. But still, he's Zach Allen. He's, I think, the face of the franchise. And we don't want to see him get hurt at all. We want him to be completely healthy for the full season. So if he has to miss, you know, a couple weeks, you know, three weeks to really make sure his arm is okay, I'm fine with that. As long as, you know, when he comes back, he's going to be fully healthy and ready for a full season of work because we don't want to see something like this linger throughout the season. That's pretty much the scariest thing. Sometimes you see those hamstring injuries. You see those arm injuries. We know Luke Weaver in 2019, he just kind of... uh Sat out a while, sat out a couple mar- uh, sat out a couple months with his own forearm injury, but he didn't want to get surgery, so he just let it heal naturally. So I think Zach Allen would probably uh, probably do the same method again. We still have to wait for the results to see what is happening exactly, but I, I feel like he can't be too serious if he feels like he can pitch. Uh, if he still feels like he can pitch, but Zach Allen, you know, has always been a pro of the DH. Though for not injury reasons, more because it allows him to pitch deeper into games. And so now, you know, I'm questioning even more. Why didn't we bring the Universal DH back? It was something that I thought was great for baseball last year. We finally didn't have to see pitchers hitting. The only pitcher that should only be hitting in baseball is Shohei Otani because that dude is a stud, honestly. I mean, I'm kind of interested to see what Otani looks like this season, if he can stay healthy. He might be, what, the Angels' second or third best pitcher and probably their what third best hitter as well behind Rendon and Mike Trout. So I think Otani's pretty insane, but... Getting back to Zach Allen and the Universal DH, I'm I'm pretty upset that they didn't bring it back. One, because I just want to see more offense. I didn't want to see a pitcher hitting. I think it's the most ridiculous thing in baseball that the National League has to have 
uh, pitchers at the plate. And so many people were pro pitchers at the plate just because of, you know, they were stuck in their traditional ways. And a lot of them kind of changed their views on it because of what they saw this season. They were like, wow, having an actual batter in that number nine spot instead of your pitcher, it actually is more fun for the game. And it actually makes the game more interesting, which I think is not a surprise to anyone who ever watched American League Baseball. Isn't watching Big Poppy hit a home run a lot more fun than watching Madison Bumgarner strike out? Yes, Madison Bumgarner can rake two for a pitcher, but he's going to strike out more than he's going to hit home runs. So I'm upset that they didn't bring the Universal DH back for the, you know, entertainment reasons. And now I got a whole nother reason because you're screwing up my D-back season with the Zach Allen injury. If there was a DH, Zach Allen would be just fine. And now swinging the bat is causing him injury issues. And that's just not going to work for me. So baseball needs to get together and figure out how to bring the universal DH back because it honestly makes no sense that we don't have it. But if Zach Allen is out an extended period of time, who should replace him in the rotation? I'm going to have to probably go with Taylor Clark. I think he probably is the best fit to do it. It's probably going to come down to him or Alex Young, maybe even a Corbin Martin gets a, gets a look. But I think it's probably going to be Taylor Clark. He was pretty solid in 12 starts last year at a 4-3 ERA. And considering what he's looked like this spring training, he has like a 2-2-5 ERA this spring training. I think he's looked pretty good. I'm pretty high on Taylor Clark. I think maybe he could overtake a guy like Caleb Smith in the rotation who has not looked good this spring training, who is a guy that's, you know, prone to giving up a lot of home runs. Taylor Clark has looked pretty phenomenal so far in spring training, especially coming off that start we saw over the weekend, which we will recap in the second segment of this pod. But if Zach Allen does have to miss time, I think I'm going to have to roll with Taylor Clark as a replacement starter. But I'm hoping... I'm hoping Zach Allen comes back healthy and this is not a big issue because if Zach Allen has to miss an extended period of time or even worse, the D-backs are in for a pretty dark season. Now, we'll recap those games over the weekend, the White Sox and Royals that both ended in ties. But first, I want to talk to you guys about Bet Online because Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code LOCKDOWN. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burskowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it. Let's recap those games over the weekend. Let's first start with that Saturday game, that tie against the Kansas City Royals. A 6-6 tie, which is something you got to just love in spring training. Somehow the D-backs have only one loss in their last four games, but zero wins during that time as well, which is just something you only see in spring training. You just got to love it, I guess. But 
Luke Weaver was on the mound Saturday night, and it was not the best Luke Weaver. He gave up a pair of home runs, which was responsible for three of the four earned runs he allowed uh, that afternoon. And this spring training, he's given up five home runs in total in only nine point innings of work. So not a large sample size for Luke Weaver, but you can't be, you know, too happy with the results. Uh, he threw 74 pitches to 20 batters, 49 of which were strikes. But we saw a lot of home runs allowed last year by D-backs pitchers. And I don't want to go through that migraine again. We saw Madison Bumgarner give up a lot. Weaver gave up a lot. And of course, the biggest migraine of all, Robbie Ray gave up a ton of home runs last season. But thankfully, he's no longer on the staff. So I don't have to worry about Robbie Ray day. But if you ask Luke Weaver about Saturday's start, he would tell you that he was pretty happy with it. Because guess what? I got a quote by Luke Weaver right here. I thought it went really well, honestly. It was definitely the first outing this year that everything came together. Fastball and changeup. That was the best I've thrown my changeup in a while. And just hearing that from Luke Weaver, I guess I'm happy that he's happy, that he thinks his pitches are the best he's thrown them right now. But uh, the results aren't making me too happy. He says he couldn't really land his curveball, but he liked the action on it. He says uh, his slider had good action as well. So I guess the pitches have been working well for Luke Weaver. In his mind, I just hope by opening day, the results will be there as well. Spring training, I think, is a time to make sure you do think your pitches are effective and do think you're getting the action and you know, the stuff that you want out of your pitches. I'm not saying the results have to be great. I, I do think I would like to see better results than home runs allowed left and right. But as long as Luke Weaver is happy and he believes his pitchers are working, I guess I'll be a believer as well. But let's talk about the offense a little bit because it was another great Christian Walker day. He went two for four on the day, four ribbies. Uh, two of them came on a double in the bottom of the third inning. Christian Walker has been Killing it this spring training and OPS above a thousand leads the team in home runs and RBIs this spring training. I'm just really impressed with what I've seen with Christian Walker. He's a hard hit, hard hitting master. He just smashes balls, uh, you know, line drives, home runs. So I think this could be a really big campaign possibly for Christian Walker. I still don't think he's a great hitter. He'll still probably be around you know 260 to 275, but I think he could possibly be in line for a 30 to 35 home run campaign in a 90 RBI season, which I think would just be absolutely monster from Christian Walker. But someone who is not hot right now is Trace Thompson. We all know the brother of the splash bro, Clay Thompson, who has been uh, in a little bit of slump recently. He went 0 for 3 on Saturday. Hit a three-hit game on March 4th, but since then, only six for 39 with no home runs and 16 strikeouts, uh, which is just not good at all. That's just something that you can't do. And the D-backs already have so many outfielders on this roster. Looking at Steve Gilbert's opening day predictions from last week, he had Trace Thompson making the roster as a fifth uh, outfielder. And maybe that was because Cole Calhoun is on the injured list, of course. But I'd rather see that you know that extra spot go to someone else like J.B. Braskakis or O'Reilly Smith, who was recently sent down. Uh, I don't think the D-backs need to hold five outfielders. They're going to have Ketel Marte. Tim LeCastro, David Peralta, and a Paven Smith. I think that's probably enough outfielders. Josh Rojas could probably even play a little corner outfield. So I'd rather get someone with more upside, probably in the bullpen, like a J.B. Braskakis or Riley Smith, and rather keeping Trace Thompson on the roster. But we'll see what the D-backs decide to do in that regard. Now let's talk about yesterday's game. Another tie with the White Sox. This one 4-4. Taylor Clark was absolutely dominant yesterday. Four scoreless innings, two hits, no walks, no earned runs. Uh, only gave up 
oh well, not gave up, only pitched 47 pitches yesterday, a 2-2-5 ERA in spring training. He's definitely that guy I think is the front runner to take over for, you know, a fifth spot in the rotation. If, you know, not, not just Zach Allen, but if anyone goes down with injury, I think he's the front runner to be first in line to take over a spot in the rotation. Ken Ginkle and Stefan Kryan were both good yesterday. Each only pitched one inning, but scoreless ball, which is what you want to see. Stefan Kryan was really good to end the 2020 season. He was the D-backs closer to end the season last year. Kevin Ginkle wasn't good in 2020, but I'm still high on Kevin Ginkle because of what we saw in 2019 where he had like a what? A 1.5 year race, something like that. I'm just going off the top of the dome. So he was really dominant in 2019, gave up a lot of hard contact in 2020. So hopefully he bounces back in a big way in 2021. Offense as a whole yesterday, 0 for, center, 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. Hopefully they pick that up because that's uh, crucial, honestly. Not being able to convert where runners in scoring position is just a killer in baseball. So hopefully they get better in that department. But someone who is killing it is Josh Rojas, who hit safely once again yesterday. And this is what Tori Lovello had to say about Josh Rojas this spring training. Even his swings and misses are well-timed. We're not seeing him get beat by many pitches. When you see things like that, the swing fundamentals are well-timed and everything is in the right place and he's able to make quality adjustments. I've seen a lot of really good adjustments, some adaptability in the at-bat, and some really good results. So, Tori Lavelle is happy with Josh Rojas. I'm happy with Josh Rojas and hopefully this dude could be a breakout candidate for the D-backs this season. And one other dude who stayed hot yesterday, Adrubal Cabrera. He went two for three yesterday and he's hitting 526 in his last five games. So, so far, he's looking like a pretty good offseason signing for Mike Hazen and the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Adrubal Cabrera is probably expected to play all over the infield. I think we talked a little bit last week about how he might play more uh, first base and third base than even uh, even second base because that might be Josh Rojas's you know territory honestly. But I like what I've seen from his Drupal Cabrera. He's like 35 years old, but he still looks pretty effective, and I think he can still probably rake at a pretty high level honestly. Now coming up, it's Muted Monday, so we'll look at headlines and decide whether to mute that headline or turn that baby up. But first. I want to talk to you guys about Built Bar because we have been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. Now's the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. It is Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup is coconut versus birthday cake with sprinkles. And this is another easy one. If you like birthday cake, if you like sprinkles, then you have to go with that Built Bar. And if you want to go vote, go to BuiltBar.com or go to at bar underscore built on Twitter. Remember to use that promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. All right, all right, all right. Let's get back into it and let's wrap up the pod with Mute It Monday. So I got three headlines for you guys here. We'll see if we get to all three. Depends on the time. And the first headline that we have to decide whether to mute or turn up is 
Zach Allen was number 83 in the MLB player rankings, and Ketel Marte was number 64 in MLB player rankings, according to ESPN. So you know what we have to do with that headline? We're going to have to mute that headline because this is an easy one to mute. Zach Gallen at, you know, being at number 83, I think is honestly disrespectful to Zach Gallen. I feel like that's way too low. I feel like he's a top 50 player because look at this. Some of the names that they have, uh, some of the names they have ahead of Zach Gallen. Luke Voigt, who I think is pretty good. He had, you know, a monster season. He, he's a, you know, a, a power hitter, a slugger, and absolutely smash home runs. But 81, they have Nelson Cruz. Come on now. You're not putting Nelson Cruz, who's like 40, you know, 45 years old, above Zach Gallon. Dansby Swanson, he's shown, he hasn't shown anything, you know, from uh, the plate that's, more valuable than what Zach Allen has been able to do as a pitcher. I guess I get Chris Bryant at 79, but I think Zach Allen at 83 is absolutely criminal, honestly, because that's honestly just disrespectful to how good Zach Allen is. I mean, they even have someone like Marcus Simeon above Zach Allen. So I, I think that this list is honestly just so disrespectful to have Zach Gallen that low. And then Ketel Marte at 64. I think that makes a little bit more sense, but there's still some guys ahead of Ketel Marte that I just don't think you can do. Someone like Max Muncy at 63, I think is just doesn't deserve to be ahead of uh, Ketel Marte. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski, I love Mike Yastrzemski. I think he's been a beast the last two years, but I can't put him above Ketel Marte. Vlad Guerrero Jr., he has not shown enough to be ahead of uh, Ketel Marte either. So there's some really questionable names on this list. And, you know, these player rankings lists are just hot take lists usually. And they want to invoke a reaction like we're doing on this pod. So they got me. But I, I think I'm absolutely absolutely appalled by how they disrespected these two D-backs players. Zach Allen and Ketel Marte are both top 50 players in the sport of baseball. Considering a lot of people think Ketel Marte is the best second baseman in baseball. And Zach Allen has been a top five pitcher in all baseball since coming over to the D-backs. Another headline I got for you guys is Josh Rojas, the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I think we have to turn this headline up, baby, because everyone is riding the Josh Rojas train. Both Mike Petri- Mike Petriello of MLB.com and Jeff Passan both think he's going to be the breakout player for the D-backs. Jeff Passan thinks uh, he's going to be make the first and the biggest impact from that Zach Greinke trade. And Josh Rojas has been absolutely killing it in spring training. He has reached base safely in 13 straight games, batted four. He has batted 400, 16 for 40, with two doubles, three homers, eight RBIs, four walks, and 1130 OPS in that span. Among all qualified Major League players this spring training, he ranks first in hits. He's fourth in total bases reached, and he's fourth in batting average, sixth in OPS, and eighth in slugging percentage and OBP. So this guy is just an absolute stud right now in spring training. Uh, and even if you look at some of uh, you know the other things he's done in spring training, not just you know the the raw stats like that, but the hardest ball he's hit so far this spring training is 109.9 miles per hour against the Cubs. It was a double, and that ball. That 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 speed of 109.9 miles per hour, that's the hardest hit ball basically Josh Rojas has ever had. It's, it's a harder hit ball than he's had in either the 2019 or the 2020 season. So 
Right now, Josh Rojas is absolutely heating up. He's been working on his mechanics. Tori Lovello has talked about it. He's been working on his batting stance. He basically went back to the drawing board this offseason. And right now, the results are paying off for Josh Rojas. And it's catching the eyes of a lot of national you know, personalities, a lot of people who cover the game. I'm riding the Josh Rojas train right now. And Steve Gilbert's predictions for the opening day roster last week he believed Josh Rojas was going to be the second baseman for this team come opening day. And right now, it looks like Josh Rojas has is going to get the opportunity to be the everyday second baseman with Cole Calhoun out. I think we're going to see a lot of Ketel Marte in center field. We'll probably see Tim LaCastro in right field, who has also been killing it this spring training with a OBP, not an OBP, but OPS above 1,000, I think an average above 300. So I think an outfield of David Peralta, Ketel Marte, and Tim Castro is pretty strong. I don't think we really want to see too much Paven Smith out, uh, you know, out in right field. Uh, he's been working on his athleticism, but I still like him better as a backup first baseman. And for Josh Rojas, if he's getting those reps every day at second base, then this could be a huge season for Josh Rojas because he's got some speed. He's got some pop. He's not going to be a 30-30 player by any means, but maybe he could be close to a guy that hits, you know, 20 plus home runs, maybe like 20 home runs. Maybe he steals 15 bags as well. Uh, I think he's got some pretty good tools in his arsenal. He's a pretty solid defensive player as well. So the 2020 season, it wasn't a great indication of how well Josh Rojas can perform but he's so far he's showing us the upside he has in spring training and if that can carry over into the 2021 season then Josh Rojas might end up being the biggest steal from that Zach Greinke trade and so far as Zach Greinke trade is looking better by the day if Josh Rojas ends up being an everyday second baseman if JB Braskakis ends up being an elite back-end reliever Corbin Martin still has a chance of being a you know a number three or four starter in this rotation and then Seth Beer if they ever bring the DH back he will be perfect for that role because he's not a great defensive player but he's definitely a guy that can hit the ball for some pretty high averages and has pretty strong power as well he could be a 30 home run guy so that Zach Greinke trade is looking pretty good uh, by Mike Hazen to get some really high level prospects and the D-backs farm system is ranked number nine by MLB.com so you got to like the work that Mike Hazen has done to retool this offseason and you got to love that Everyone is on this Josh Rojas breakout season, and I'm going to be on it as well. Now, I thought we had enough time to get to a third headline, but unfortunately, we're running out of time today, so I might make it a segment on a podcast later this week, and I won't spoil it for you uh, guys. But as always, thank you for coming to the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. We are, of course, coming all week long, Monday through Friday. Come back tomorrow because I'm hoping to have Cameron Cox of 12 News on tomorrow to talk about the Diamondbacks uh, season, the 2021 season, and just do a little bit of preview. And remember, beginning this Wednesday, the Lockdown MLB podcast is featuring one of our biggest events of the year, the Lockdown MLB Division Preview Series. All of our local experts in every MLB market answer the biggest questions around each team, follow Lockdown MLB on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. And as always, stay safe and stay healthy out there. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 or just look up Lockdown Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram. Deuces!